0: It's one thing to not have enough family doctors. It's one thing to not have enough medical personnel. It's another thing to not know the reasons why and not have the proper data to plan accordingly. Karen Howlett from the Globe and Mail lays all that out in our next segment right here on Toronto Today. We've talked so much about healthcare on the show, and we have to keep talking about it. Um, there's no doubt a lot even happened in the last three days. Um, the accusation came from NDP uh, interim leader Peter Tabbins, in essence, that how would I put it? That the Ontario Conservatives were were in essence and are in essence trying to crash the car on purpose. It's a heck of an accusation to suggest they want to, you know, dismantle healthcare and privatize some elements of it. You know where I stand. We need to consider all options. I don't think we have a model that we can just fix by throwing money at it now. And whether we could before the pandemic or not, you've heard us document some of the, the issues with wait times that have been around forever. Um, The issues of not being able to find an ambulance if you needed one on a Saturday night in January. That's been around uh, forever and a day. That goes back not just for five years of of the Doug Ford government, but that goes back for 15 years of, of liberal governments and conservative governments prior to that. So, it's all quite concerning. Um, This headline caught our attention in the Globe and Mail. Canada's supply of family doctors doesn't match demand, and provinces lack the data to find out why. You can't get to the crux of the problem without digging into the data and knowing more about it. And this was a phenomenal read uh, over the weekend in uh, Canada's national newspaper. And I want to welcome on Karen Howlett uh, from the Globe and Mail, who uh, covered Queen's Park uh, for the Globe for a lot of years and is joining us right now. Karen, it's a great pleasure to have you on the show. I'm a fan of your work. Thanks so much for making the time
1: oh you're welcome Thank this is you.
0: this is really something and and uh, you know just when we think karen that we've read the most disturbing thing about our healthcare system and how we're going forward we find maybe it isn't and and there's just more sort of wood for the for the fire here you, you dug pretty deeply to find that there wasn't you know there's not the data to explain why what's happening in our hospitals continues to happen
1: that's right. And you know, one of the one of the big reasons why doctors are not able to keep up with the demand is because uh, the population is is growing older and the way a lot of doctors are paid has not kept pace with the fact that they have to spend longer with older patients because they have more complex care. So for, for, you know, mainly that reason, family medicine is becoming less attractive.
0: Yeah, there's no question about it. We, we do not have, th- though we've got a moderate increase. I'm looking at, at the chart in, in your story. There's a moderate increase of family doctors, but it's nowhere near um, converging with our population growth, is it? And especially our aging population. As we get older, we all need a little more attention uh, in, in hospitals and among doctors and among specialists.
1: Right, and what my colleagues and I found is, if you know, you can't just do a head count of doctors, and that's really all we have in Canada. We have our, you know, uh, Canadian Institute for Health Information that does this terrific survey every year, puts out a big report. It has a wealth of information: the um, the ages of doctors, their compensation, how many there are in each province. But what that report does not tell us is how these doctors are working and where they're working for example you can be a family physician but you might be working not you know seeing patients from infancy to old age in mm-hmm. your office but maybe you're working in a sports medicine clinic or you're working in a hospital in an emergency department so this is the this is the information we don't have is is where these doctors are actually working
0: karen is joining us from the globe and mail on toronto today on six 40 Toronto, the interactive graphs on your story and the charts are, um, you know, I would say they're easy to handle, they're easy to navigate, they're fun to play with, but the numbers, again, are uh, are a little bit concerning. I, I look at Ontario, as, as you lay out age distribution of family doctors by province, Karen, and it's close to 24% of our doctors in Ontario are over 60. Now, there's going to be a certain percentage, but it's a question of what happens if they say, you know what, this just isn't worth it anymore for me, and it, they all if they all decided to walk away at once or over the span of 18 months or so, we'd be in some big trouble to replace them.
1: Well, that's the issue too, because just like the overall population, doctors are also getting older. So you're quite right. There are, there's a huge percentage of them that are over the age of 60. And at the same time with uh, students in medical school, fewer are choosing family medicine today than a few years ago. So, Unfortunately, you don't have younger people who are going to replace the ones who are retiring in the the same numbers.
0: You make a note in the story too that um, the Canadian government, and this is about six months into the pandemic or, sh- or so, wanted to be able to track healthcare workers. But it just seems like a lot of things. There's been arguments about transfer payments, obviously, and what the federal government should kick in for healthcare. It looks like there's um, there's almost an, a you know um, an agreement to disagree among the federal health minister and his provincial colleagues. It's it's really problematic, I think, for where we're going.
1: Yeah, that that is a problem. The health ministers, the federal the federal health minister met with his provincial and territorial counterparts in Vancouver earlier this month. And this this was one of the items on the agenda. We're, you know, uh, making progress on setting up some kind of a national human resources data system that would do the very thing our article shows is lacking kind of track where doctors work. But unfortunately, like a lot of times, it just got bogged down in money. The provinces have been demanding for some time that the federal government provide more money for health care or increase its pro rata share of health care funding. And many of the provinces say that money should be, Ottawa should give them that money with no spring, strings attached. Ottawa, on the other hand, was saying You know, we will commit to giving you more money, but you need to do you need to you need to agree to making progress on creating a data system. So that's how that's how they reached an impasse.
0: It's a problem, isn't it? Because it's not like somebody can get everybody in a room again and say, you know. Don't come out till you have an agreement or don't. I mean, this is our health care. This is in essence, if you don't have your health, you don't have very much. And it's not like we can have some binding arbitration uh, to get, you know, Minister Duclos and, you know, Minister Jones and the other, you know, 10 uh, provincial health ministers in a room to fix this and fix it quickly. It just feels like we're wasting time here
1: well it 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 is difficult because how do you you know those provinces that are very entrenched and saying, you know healthcare is a provincial jurisdiction ottawa but out oh, just give us some money don't tell us how to don't help tell us how to spend it i don't i don't know how we get beyond that because that's a a pretty entrenched view
0: i really enjoyed having you on with your uh, your insight i thought it was a great read and i think it's an important oh, read as you. well karen thanks so much
1: you're welcome.
0: Okay. Karen Howlett uh, from the Globe and Mail, an award-winning uh, Globe and Mail reporter. This is quite the read, and I'll give you the headline again if you want to hunt it down. And the graphs are really interesting to play with. The headline is Canada doesn't, um, Canada's supply of family doctors doesn't match demand, and provinces lack data to found out, find out why. So it's not as simple as the cost. I mean, that's sort of how the narrative was a couple weeks ago is uh, Jean-Yves Duclos, who's Canada's health minister, gets in you know, and, and has a meeting uh, a summit, if you will, with all the provincial health ministers, including Sylvia Jones. OK, fine. But the idea is, well, we want this amount of money and the federal government doesn't want to give up that money. But the federal government wants to be able to track healthcare spending and find out how many people are working in healthcare and find out how to increase those numbers. OK, so that that at its own level has some altruism to it that I think is important. And the provinces right now aren't committing to the system of data that the federal government wants. And again, it's not all I, I I just don't roll with those kind of political stripes on my back. Federal government, good province, bad or province, good federal government, bad. Find a way, find a way to figure all, all this out, because the number of family doctors per 100,000 in terms of our population by province is also on this uh, list. And we're just kind of flatlining. OK, you'd think you'd think. Being in medical school, making a solid six figures, guaranteed. I don't think many doctors make below that, and a lot of doctors make well above that. You'd think um, that it would still, the juice would still be worth the squeeze. Clearly not. So is it about private clinics? Is it about surgeries? What is it in terms of, is it about, you know, location? At some point, somebody has to say, well, I can't live in downtown Toronto to do my practice, or I can't live in the suburbs. Um, but in if you're in Wawa, Ontario, or Penetanguishene, Ontario, and you're the local family doctor, you got a lot on your shoulders. You're kind of responsible for everything. You And doctors are anyway, with good news, bad news. But when I lay out those numbers, 14, almost 15% of our doctors in Ontario are over 65. Uh, 10% are 60 to 64. 23% are over 50. So if I do the math really quick, we've got about 47%. Of our doctors over 50, and that's not all that unusual. I bet you we could go to anywhere in Western Europe and find that would be the case. We could go to any of the US states and find that would be the case, okay? Thirty percent are under forty, and then the rest are stuck in the middle between about forty and 50. So the numbers aren't all that surprising. but what's problematic is we're going to we're going to have a mass um, influx of immigration. Canada needs immigrants, not saying that they don't. And we're now looking to build houses for all these people to live in places. They won't all be big houses. They won't all get to be. You don't have some inherent right to live in downtown Toronto or downtown Ottawa. We've talked about this a million times on the show, but I think there's a it's a very honest question. Where are they going to live is one question. Who's going to take care of their health care needs in a socialized health care system? When we import all the immigration, we want to, Im- you know, we need primary care physicians, home care, uh, more specialists. Where are they coming from? Because right now, they're not in school. And right now, they're deciding not to work in our system, in our provinces. So family doctor access has been an issue for years. You think that's getting better or getting worse? You know the answer.